The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And there you go. Another Monday is upon us here. It is uh, 7.06 and uh, phone lines open for you. 416-870-6400. You have questions about your job. You know, over the last few weeks... uh, John, we've been saying if you got questions about how to navigate the CERB and all that stuff. Now it's kind of, uh, we've kind of gone over that point and hopefully very shortly it'll become more popular. The phone calls are how to you uh, navigate going back to work if you're coming off a temporary layoff. So if that's important to you, if you're calling back to work soon or hopefully going back to work and get back into the swing of things, albeit from a distance, uh, call us if you have any confusing, uh, confusion or questions about that. 416-870-6400. We will talk about the 10 commandments of termination of employment. And those are all coming up and your phone calls. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca at any time. There's lots of Wonderful information there for you anytime. It's absolutely free. It's anonymous. And rolled into that is also the severance pay calculator. If you're wondering what your severance would be if you were let go due to this pandemic or otherwise. So bring it on. 416-870-6400. Let's get the conversation started. The phone lines are open for you for the next uh, 40, 45 minutes or so. So bring it on. Mr. Pincus, Pally, what's uh, what's going on uh, with you tonight? I know you got a couple things to discuss when it's the, uh, the week that was. How are you? I'm good. Very busy. Lots going on. Lots of things yep. changing. Uh, what we're seeing is a lot of people who are tempor- uh, temporarily laid off uh, now being uh, permanently terminated. In other cases, people coming back to work. So uh, this is a constantly evolving situation, and uh, we're certainly uh, here to help people uh, keep up. So uh, hopefully some people will uh, give us a call and uh, we can chat about that. But I do have a few situations that were uh, interesting uh, over the past week that I uh, wanted to talk about. Uh, first involves an employee who had been working for a consulting firm for about 20 years. And a little while ago, the company told him that due to business uncertainty created by COVID-19, the company was not going to need his services any further. Mm-hmm. So now whenever someone loses their primary source of income and is labeled as a contractor, the first thing that I want to ensure is that there's been no misclassification, which is very common. So after speaking with this individual, I learned a few things from him. He was paid as a contractor. He had his own WSIB coverage. He hired his own subcontractors from time to time, set his own hours, worked from home, invested in all his own equipment, and his income fluctuated quite a bit from one month to the next. I also learned that he never signed any agreement, and in fact, everything he had done for the last 20 years for this company had essentially been on uh, a handshake, uh, a gesture mm-hmm. that uh, we may see uh, go by the wayside in the near future. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So now, on the one hand, this person was clearly a contractor. There was no issue of misclassification. Okay. But I also learned from this individual that he had only worked for this company for the last 20 years. 100% of his income was earned from them. So he wasn't an employee, but he was certainly certainly what was called a dependent contractor. And because he had not signed any contract limiting his entitlements, he was entitled to his full severance, just like any other employee. Uh, he may not have had access to the Employment Standards Act, but he still had his rights as a contractor to reasonable notice if that company was going to terminate his contract. So after 20 years, this was a very sig- a significant severance entitlement. It works out to be uh, over $120,000. 
So the lesson here is that just because you are a contractor does not necessarily mean you are not entitled to any severance. Conversely, just because you've signed an independent contractor agreement doesn't make you a contractor. So mm -hmm. if this, for example, had been someone who didn't hire their own people, who basically went to work every day working for the same employer, a contract that he or she signed saying that the relationship was in, uh, independent uh, contract and his rights were limited wouldn't have been worth anything. And as more and more people start to work from home, I think we're going to see much more of this misclassification issue, uh, much more employers wrongly assuming that just because they call someone an independent contractor, it makes it so, and more employers thinking that if they have a contractor, that means they have no obligations to them. That's not necessarily the case, and you, if you are in that situation, you really do need to speak to an employment lawyer. 416-870-6400, just getting your, uh, your calls lined up here. What else you got going on, pal? So the second situation uh, involves someone who's a salesperson that I want to talk about. So this was someone who was earning about $150,000 a year and worked for uh, about 15 years for a medium-sized company. So recently she was placed on a temporary layoff due to COVID-19. And this person had been off work for about 10 weeks and came to me asking about their rights. And after some discussion, it became clear she'd never agreed to temporary layoffs, never signed anything allowing her employer to place her on a temporary layoff. And so her employment actually was terminated and she was entitled to severance. Well, where it got interesting was the employer came back after about 11 weeks and said, well, we're ready to bring you back to work, but we can't offer you your old jo job back. So mm -hmm. instead, we're going to bring you back as a receptionist. And because you're a receptionist, we're going to give you receptionist pay, which is about, you know, a very small fraction of, of her pay. It was only about uh, $50,000. So suffice it to say, she had no interest in that particular role. She was not a receptionist. She was a salesperson. And so she told the employer, no, I'm not taking that job. That's not a job I've ever done. That's a demotion and that's a significant pay reduction. So the employer turned around and said, okay, fine, then you're quitting. We're not paying you anything. No. Nonsense. If an employer wants to offer the employee his or her job back, it has to be the same job for the same pay or at least something reasonably comparable, right? And at 40% or at 30% of her pay, it just was a, it, it just was far from it and not something she ever had to accept. So this is someone who is clearly going to be entitled to a severance package, and it's going to be very significant. Going to get into a short break here. Get right back to it, Peter. Hang on. We will get to your phone call and the number for you to call in as well. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you for the remainder of the show, 416 uh, no, you know what? No, I'm incorrect. I am incorrect. We have a lot more to go before. I, for some reason, I thought we were breaking. I'm losing my mind. It's a Monday. In that case, we're going right to Peter. we still got a bunch of time left here. Pardon me. Uh, Peter, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, guys? Well, sounds like I've been drinking the bong water, but I'm not. It's okay. Everything's good, pal. What, uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, I'm good. By the way, great show, guys. Uh, so, yeah. quick one. I have a, a, a sister of mine. She works for a place for 18 years. And she, they let her go 2016, September. Um, she was a union-based uh, thing, and she went through arbitration, and uh, she lost. So is it too late for her? Because I was just telling her, she didn't know about the show, and I told her, this is a great show. Let's call and see what our options are. Well, it is too late uh, in the sense that it's been well over two years since it happened. But the other okay. thing is that she, if she was in a union uh, and it went to arbitration, I mean, that is exactly the trajectory that that has to go. So it sounds like a kind of situation she wouldn't have been able to hire a lawyer anyway. So she hasn't, she hasn't really missed out on an opportunity because she wouldn't have had that opportunity anyway at the time. But uh, uh, generally speaking, for anyone who's listening, you really do need to do these things within two years. So if she had 
not been a member of a union and this had and she had been let go uh, in 2016 then uh, that would be too bad because uh, you know she would have lost out on some rights in this case it, it's a moot point. 416-870-6400 is the number to call through. You know, that last uh, that last uh, segment that you were talking about the week that was and that, uh, you know, that employer said, well, then uh, obviously if you've quit, that's another issue with, with employers. You know, an employer can't tell you you're quitting. That, that, that's being let go. A resignation is something you do on your own unilaterally. Uh, your company can't tell you you're quitting. That means they're firing you, which means it brings us back to severance again, right? That's right. And a resignation has to be voluntary. And, you know, I'm seeing these issues more and more where people are being offered uh, to, you know, quote unquote, return to work, but they're not returning to anywhere close to the same job. I mean, there's certainly nothing wrong with an employer terminating someone's employment. They have that discretion. They have that right to do so without cause at any time. Uh, But if you're going to sever the employment relationship, you have to do it honestly. If you really can't bring that person back, then we have to figure out what that person is owed for severing. That's it. End of story. Uh, if you can't bring that person back to the same position, then you can't bring them back. And that's just the, that's just the end of it. And there's, uh, I'm afraid, going to be more of that in the next uh, few months as people slowly trickle back to work into work workplaces that are, well, they might not be there at all or they might be severely shrunken and they can't handle the staff they had before. So I think you're going to be a very... Uh, very busy guy. 416-870-6400 is the number you want to call through. Ask a question here this evening. It is 715. Ten commandments of termination of employment. Let's get right to the first one. Thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. How about that? You're thinking, wow, we're talking about the end here. I haven't even started the beginning. But you got to be thinking about that, right? You really do have to be thinking about that, and and it may seem like a strange time to be talking about new employment offers, but there are people, uh, you know, although it is obviously less common than it normally would be, but there are people starting new positions. You may find that you're starting a new career in a new industry that uh, may have a niche uh, in, uh, you know, in this in this pandemic, and uh, if you are an employee starting a new job, you really have to be aware of the devil in the details, uh, because you could be signing up for something where they can let you go um, after a couple months and pay you nothing, let you go after a couple of years and pay you next to nothing. Uh, termination clauses are are really a, a red flag that you have to look out for. Yeah. Other things like non-competition clauses, non-solicitation clauses, things that will affect your ability to find a job after uh, your employment ends, whether you leave or you're terminated. So these are things that you should negotiate uh, potentially, especially if you have leverage. And remember that they're the ones who brought it up, so don't be shy about raising these issues and saying i'm not comfortable with this again that's why every time you're going to start a new job just take a take a step back at the job offer and have it reviewed by by you or lee or someone at the firm because like you said there could be uh, some nuggets in there that aren't too friendly for your future employment right that's right and and you may find that you know what uh i don't have the leverage here and this is just something that i need to accept in order to take this job and i can't rock the boat here i just have to take it but you should at least go into that uh, that job knowing what you're agreeing to Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Uh, Let's take a a little break here, and we'll go back to lots more of those and your emails as well. That's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Anytime you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But the phone call always works quickest and best, 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
And plenty of time for you to call in for sure. 416-870-6400. You want to ask John some questions about uh, some employment, a severance matter. Maybe you're being called back shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic. You're one of those businesses that is slowly going to ramp up business. And maybe the the employers kind of change things on you before you come back. Get some clarification before you take that step through the door. 416-870-6400 is the number. In the meantime, the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Next one, thou shall not give up your future termination rights after you start working. Right. This is a big red flag as well. If an employer is giving you a um, if an employer is giving you a uh, contract after you have already started working, then it's because they want to restrict your rights. They want to be able to do something that they don't have the right to do right now. It's yeah. not, generally speaking, for your benefit. Maybe if it's something that you asked for and it's something you've negotiated, there are circumstances where you will be negotiating a contract for entitlements. But if all of a sudden your employer says, hey, we're just updating our agreements, we're just updating our HR issues, which is often how they presented, um, you really have to uh, beware of this. Uh, Sometimes it's a purchase and sale. Sometimes they'll offer a $500 payment. Uh, But what they're doing in there often is they, they sort of sneak in a termination clause. And why are they putting that in there? Because they plan to rely on it. They plan to use it. They may say, don't worry about it. We're just updating our records. Lo and behold, five years later, all of a sudden they say, hey, remember that thing you signed? Well, because of that, we don't owe you 50000 Now we only owe you you know, $10,000 or something like that. Uh, and now you have buyer's remorse. Uh, so really right. make sure to speak with an employment lawyer before you sign that so you know what you're signing. And you may decide not to sign that. And if that means that they're terminating your employment as a result of you not signing that, that may actually be the best option because if they terminate your employment the day after you sign it, you'll be in a much yep. worse position. By the way, you want to reach out any time to, uh, to John or Leo, a member of the crew, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the here and now, we take the calls on the air. You ask your questions just that simple, 416-870-6400. And uh, we're going to move on now to, uh, to Mike and Barry. I hope. Maybe we can get Mike put on the line for us. Mike. Yeah, my mouse doesn't seem to be working, so if someone wants to put Mike on the air, that'd be excellent. Hello? Hey, Mike. How are you, pal? What's going on, buddy? Okay, good. I'm doing good. Good evening, gentlemen. I've uh, listened to the show many times, and I've actually phoned uh, the gentleman, and they've got some advice from them, so I appreciate that. I have a quick question in regards to um, my, uh, my wife's situation. Um, she is a PSW. I guess it's kind of, uh, in the news nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she, she, uh, did have, um, she's basically in a nutshell, she was part time and, um, they, unfortunately, you know, you had to be, uh, you have to do a certain amount of hours and such like that. So I've understood from many times if they've changed the, the situation, if you will, if she went from, uh, three days a week part-time and they said you can only do two days oh yeah did we did we lose mike i think we mike's connection might have got a little uh up is he still there hey mike is still there pal yeah yeah i can still hear you oh there he is. okay sorry. great yeah, there you go yeah, sorry sorry yeah, sorry we you lost cut there off there a little bit that's okay um so uh i it, so they've kind of pulled back because you can't have that job plus another job sort of thing. And uh, it's kind of reduced it down to one day. Now, is she entitled to any type of compensation in regards to that? 
That's so, Mike, because you cut out a little bit, I, I what I heard is that her days were reduced from three days to two days, and now you're saying they've been reduced further to one day. Yeah, pretty much, and that's that's been it's. It was even prior to that. It went. She was uh, part time, so it was you know a couple of days, couple of days a week, um, alternating on uh, let's say the Sunday, but one day was solid, and then all of a sudden, it's you know they don't want you into two different places, sort of thing. Um, uh, in regards to the situations going on with the with the virus, and now it's basically down to one. So right, yeah. Now, have they told her that this is going to be just for the duration of the lockdown and the state of emergency or anything like that? Have they have they expressed to her that this is going to be temporary? In reg- um, they did say you can't basically, you know, you can't uh, go from one one facility to the next facility or have a different job where you're. Uh, in a facility and dealing with other people as well. So um, that is the extent as, as far as I I can understand it. And also that, um, yeah, you, you, you there it, it's one, the one day is down and that's even been removed now because of you can't not have, not being able to have two, um, two jobs because it was part-time there and full-time somewhere else. So right. I was just wondering, what well, the what the uh, you know sort of thing? Sorry. Right. So all of the things being equal, uh, a reduction of hours that significant when you have been when you've been working for uh, consistently for that amount of hours for so long uh, certainly could form the grounds of a constructive dismissal. But we're in a little bit of a different territory right now. So what we really want to look at first and foremost is. Are these changes um, a response to, uh, first of all, are they a response to safety measures or are they a response to finan- uh, financial constraints? If they're a response to safety measures, uh, less likely that's going to form a constructive dismissal. The other thing that we want to look at um, is, is this a change that has been made temporary, has been given an end date? Has it been suggested that it's going to go back up once uh, there is some degree of, of normalcy, once the state of emergency ends, etc.? So if there has been that that kind of commitment that's also going to undermine the notion that is a, that it is a constructive dismissal where these things become a constructive dismissal is if it's done permanently uh, if it's done for not only safety uh, issues safety reasons but for financial reasons that's when you may want to consider uh, treating it as a constructive dismissal but you do have to be very careful with these things because uh, you know this goes for people who've had temporary pay cuts this goes for people who've had temporary uh, reductions in hours if it's only going to be for the duration of the state of emergency um, I think it there there is a question as to whether that would uh, ground a claim for constructive dismissal even though it normally would just because it's temporary in nature I think that that the best way to handle that right now is to have her confirm that it's going to be temporary measure, to have her in nature, to have her confirm that once the measures are rolled back to a certain degree, that at some point in the foreseeable future, um, she can expect to be going back to her old schedule and have the freedom um, to work, to you know, to, to have a, a, another job. Um, right. And if the answer she gets back is no, this is this is your new job now. This is permanent. Right. That's when I'd want her to contact us and talk about a constructive dismissal. But if they say yes, this is just a safety measure. We're following government guidelines. It's temporary. We fully intend to get you back up to three days a week. I'd be pretty hesitant to bring a claim for constructive dismissal. Right. That's the kind of answer she gets. I th- and I think that's that's probably it. And that's I guess kind of a waiting waiting game sort of thing to see where it's going to go. And uh, I figured as much. I just wanted a little clarification because I, uh, I appreciate all the information you guys give. 
So uh, yeah, no problem. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your evening and your week. You know how to reach out if you need to. Uh, any further help at employmentlawyer.ca and one eight five five. 821-5900. Just like Mike, you want to get some answers like that, uh, talk to John right here, 416-870-6400. We'll continue with the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Next one is this, thou shalt respond to any negative reviews or discipline, preferably in writing, right? Right, and that means uh, either write it on the actual review or do it by email. And I actually prefer email because it's it's time-stamped and date-stamped. Remember, if you're getting anything like a performance improvement plan or you're getting you know, a sudden uh, criticism of your uh, job, it's because they're planning to let you go. People don't write that. Uh, I mean, look, not to be overly cynical, um, sometimes a performance improvement plan is actually meant to try to improve your performance, but there is always a secondary motivation when they're doing something that formal. It's because they want to rely on it. They want to be able to say, if things go south, if you're not able to improve, they may actually hope that you do improve, but they're also hedging and they're saying, look, if you don't improve, then this is going to uh, allow us to terminate your employment very cheaply. Um, so you have to speak up. If there's something that uh, is unfair in that statement, don't wait until they decide to terminate your employment. Speak up now and have that conversation. If things have improved that they haven't taken into account, be specific. If you have obstacles in your way, if you have accommodation issues, bring it up, put it in writing. You're going to be glad that you did later if things go south and they terminate your employment. Next commandment should be obvious, but uh, we're going to throw it out there anyway. Thou shall not commit serious workplace misconduct. Yes. You know, a lot of people uh, assume that, well, if I'm let go, I'm automatically entitled to severance. And for most people, you know, 90% of people, that's true. If you're let go, you're entitled to severance. And often it's very significant. The exception, of course, um, is uh, one of the very few exceptions is if you have done something very, very bad, particularly if you've done something dishonest. Once dishonesty starts to enter the workplace relationship, that's when you're really putting your severance entitlements in danger. So fraud, theft, um, lying to your employer about significant things, uh, particularly if it's something that has a financial impact on them, those things really put you in danger of losing your severance entitlements under the doctrine of just cause. Um, violence can be a cause for dismissal, although uh, uh, surprising as it may be, there are actually exceptions to that as well. Um, but obviously don't uh, do your best not to get in uh, altercations with other in the workplace. If there are investigations, be honest in those investigations that will come back to bite you later. Um, so just uh, honesty is, is really uh, the golden rule in the workplace. Um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's the one you want to follow if you want to protect your severance entitlements. 416-870-6400, the number to call through, ask any questions as we sit here and chat about the Ten Commandments of Termination. By the way, you might want to uh, reach out any other time, help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. Next one, thou shall keep copies of all relevant documents. We kind of touched on that with sending emails to uh, have any correspondence, but yeah, keep everything, right? And copies. <laughs> Right, right. So it, it's not just for performance impro improvement uh, reviews. It's also if you're experiencing uh, severe harassment and discrimination in the workplace, right. um, if you've had a meeting where something inappropriate happened, uh, if you were promised a bonus, but your employer for some reason doesn't want to put that in writing, uh, there are lots and lots of reasons why you want to keep a record of things. Performance reviews, employment agreements, bonuses, pay slips, uh, handwritten notes. Uh, if, if you are working over 
overtime and your employer is not paying you for that overtime. You know, the worst thing that you can do is all of a sudden your employment's terminated a couple of years later and then you call me up and say, I have two years of unpaid overtime. And I ask you, okay, well, how much, how much overtime are you owed? And all of a sudden, well, I think I was working about 60 hours per week. That's going to be pretty difficult to prove if you haven't been keeping track of that. So if you're working overtime, send that to your employer. Put that in an email. Keep an Excel sheet. Keep these records because if you don't keep records, it's going to be hard to prove that entitlement later on. And we'll move on down the list. It kind of dovetails nicely into that, and that is thou shall keep records of important events too. What 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 qualifies under that? Well, uh, I would say any inappropriate interaction with your boss is going to qualify for that. Um, if you've uh, disclosed uh, also to your boss that you're pregnant um, uh, or you're taking a parental leave, which could be, you know, if you're a man or a woman, do it by email uh, because what you don't want to happen is you don't want them to say they didn't know and then uh, terminate your employment afterwards. And in fact, if you put that to them by email, you actually may make it less likely that they're going to terminate your employment because it will be obvious that they knew about your pregnancy or parental leave. Another thing that we talk about sometimes is if your duties are being changed or if your hours of work are being changed. So, you know, we were speaking to Mike uh, earlier about uh, his wife's hours being changed. You want to communicate this with your employer. Um, Talk about what's going on. If you don't agree with it, state your disagreement. State why you disagree with it. And if you do it in a, you know, in a polite and respectful tone, it can't hurt you. Um, So make sure to speak up about these things and you will be glad that you did later. 416-870-6400 is the number. We're going to keep going down all these, and these are the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. If you want to uh, check out any time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's all kinds. It's like having an employment lawyer with you at all times, including the severance pay calculator, covidrights.ca, another website you should be familiar with by now. But uh, still have some time here to call at uh, 734 to uh, get your questions on the air asked and answered by John as we we sit here and chat. 416-870-6400, another command of termination of employment thou shall not get advice from your neighbor steve <laughs> or your neighbor paul or ben or jim yep, or whatever or, or carol uh they're <laughs> i'm sure they're good people but unless they are an employment lawyer uh they are not someone uh you should be getting advice from and and by the way even if they're a lawyer uh <laughs> they probably shouldn't be giving you advice about employment law issues if they're not an employment lawyer uh but sometimes they do if you need employment law advice go to an employment lawyer right if you have a, a problem uh with a muscle you're you're going to go to your uh, physiotherapist not your dentist probably right so same kind of thing yeah. go to someone who knows uh employment law because some mistakes that you can make uh, are permanent if you quit your job to claim constructive dismissal and it's not constructive dismissal then um, all of a sudden you're out of luck if you wait more than two years because you didn't think that you had severance rights uh that's done if you sign a release uh for a crummy severance offer because your neighbor said well i think that's all that you get or it's pretty close you may have just signed away $50,000, right? I see these things happen. Speak to a lawyer, not just any lawyer. Speak to an employment lawyer. And yeah, and, and, and I guess a sidebar of that would be, you know, avoid, you know, Google Law School as well because there's just as much, if not more, information on there than you'll ever find that's quality, right? Yeah, but that's not to say that you can't start at the internet. You know, we always talk sure. about the severance pay calculator, the uh, pocket employment mm-hmm. lawyer. That's a place to start. We'll give you kind of the general contours of, of what your rights are. And then when you want more specifics, then we'll talk to you and talk about what your rights are. But if you if you want to just get kind of a general idea, um, you know, there are those resources out there. But at the end of the day, you do want to speak to an employment lawyer, have a discussion about your specific situation.
Thou shall assume that your severance offer is inadequate. You betcha. Right. Not all severance packages, but the vast, vast majority of severance packages are inadequate, and there's a reason for this. They're asking you to sign a release, right? And often, uh, a lot of people are terminated at the same time. We're going to see that a lot, uh, not just this summer, but especially coming into the fall. You know, we might be seeing uh, mass terminations, 50, 100 people, and employers are going to have to uh, decide how much to offer people. And when they have to pay, you know, $50,000 to 50 people, if they offer for each of those people, 10,000, uh, all it takes is for one of those people um, to accept, and they've saved tens yeah. of thousands of dollars, right? Even if most of those people go to employment lawyers, if there's just one gullible person uh, who says, well, you know, it looks good enough to me, and they sign off, then that was worth it, right? So there's a clear, there's a practical reason, there's a good reason for employers to do that, and they will do that. Um, if you try to negotiate yourself, your employer is going to tell you that it's generous. They'll tell you that if you don't accept it, you're going to get even less. Speak to an employer lawyer and let an employment lawyer uh, help you assess whether that severance package makes sense for you. Let's uh, slide over to a, a phone call get Kevin on the air. Hey, Kevin, good evening. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I'm a truck driver to start. Um, I, I just got on the highway and my dispatcher yelled at me for doing something that I don't feel that is right. It's more of a health and safety concern, I because she wanted me to switch her truck out with another guy. And I didn't feel safe with that. And so I just wanted your guidance because I know she yelled at me for doing that. And I thought, no, you can't yell at me. So I called my supervisor and he said, uh, we'll have a set of meeting at 2.30 in the afternoon. Now, what, where can I go with that? Sorry, it's, it's a little uh, difficult to hear you, Kevin, but what I understand is that your dispatcher yelled at you and, and there's a, a health and safety concern, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and, and you, you had a health and safety concern, which, which, was, the, which was the basis of uh, what they, like, what exactly did they say that you did? They said I, had to work, I refused to work. I said, no, I'm, I, I don't want to switch to a different truck because I don't want to get sick, right? Right. Okay. 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 I I understand. So, um, you know, this is going to become more and more important as people start to go back to work. It's really important that uh, workers in Ontario understand the procedure for a work refusal. There are protections under uh, occupational health and safety. Um, The first thing that you have to do is you have to report it to your employer, right? Kevin, it sounds like you've done that uh, and your employer has to investigate it. And if your employer doesn't investigate it or the issue is not uh, not resolved, um, you should be contacting the Ministry of Labor and get an inspector to go in there and uh, review whether uh, whether it is actually safe. And if it's not safe, and the employer still uh, asks you to do it or fires you for uh, for doing it, uh, they could be liable uh, for reprisal uh, damages under occupational health and safety. If, however, the Ministry of Labor investigator determines that it is safe, then and you uh, and you are still not willing to do it, then you could uh, have your employment terminated without any entitlement to severance. Um, so you do have to um, uh, really take seriously what that uh, invest uh, what that inspector 
comes out with. But if you're feeling like your employer is not taking this seriously, there are resources, and I, and I believe that the province has actually put additional resources into this. Um, so hopefully we have more investigators out there. They can respond pretty quickly. And where you want to go is the Ministry of Labor. And the other thing you may want to consider doing is you may want to consider writing an email or text message or something in writing to the dispatcher to basically say, look, I didn't appreciate this. I was making a legitimate health and safety uh, complaint, and I don't think that I should be uh, punished for that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I actually I told her that, but she kept coming back to the window four or five times, and her, her voice sounded louder and louder. And I said, please go back to your job. I'll just sit here until you guys figure it out. Well, if this is going to be an ongoing thing and you think that this health and safety issue is going to rise again and again, this is the time to bring it up with the Ministry of Labor, the Occupational Health and Safety Division. You can uh, look them up on Google. This is something you actually can Google, uh, although John and I were talking about things that you can't. Uh, if you have a, a workplace safety issue, go on Google, look it up, uh, uh, the number for uh, Occupational Health and Safety. Get an inspector over there um, so that you can make sure that uh, your employer is taking all necessary precautions. Kev, appreciate the call and your time. I'm going to move on to the last two of the Ten Commandments. Uh, number uh, nine is this, thou shall not sign. Yeah, no kidding. Have it reviewed. Yeah, <laughs> don't sign. Well, I shouldn't say don't sign. We should say don't sign without uh, without having it uh, reviewed first. Yeah. Uh, signing a release is one of those mistakes that you cannot take back. You're not just signing off on severance, you're signing off on bonuses, on overtime, on disability payments, on vacations, even on human rights claims. So you should not ever yeah. sign a release before speaking to an employment lawyer. Uh, the right answer may be to accept that that does happen from time to time. But if accepting is not the right answer, that's a mistake you can't take back. And the last commandment, of course, no surprise, thou shall use the severance pay calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's the plug. Or call ST Law. How about that? Yeah, the severance pay calculator is free. It's easy to use. Of course, so is the pocket employment lawyer, which has uh, many features on it. It takes a couple of minutes, talks about your situation, uh, talks about what your rights are in the situation, including what your severance rights are, gives you a sense of what you're likely to be owed, and then you can give us a call, and we can talk about your specific situation in more detail. It's a great tool. It's saved, what, hundred. Uh, how, how many people at this point, John? I don't, I don't even know. I, yeah. think, I've, I think we've lost so count. Many. So yeah. many. But uh, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars um, all the time. So please uh, go on it and just take a few minutes. We'll get to, uh, get to an email or two as we get down to the last few minutes here. Chris is up. He says, uh, my boss wants me to move to San Francisco once this pandemic ends. I've always lived and worked in Kitchener. Do I have to move if my employer tells me to? What happens if I refuse? I'll go for it. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? I, I hear San Francisco is nice, but uh, if you don't want to do that, uh, that's yeah. certainly uh, that's certainly your uh, your prerogative not to do that. If you have sure. always if you've always worked in Kitchener, that's a, a significant term of your employment, and that kind of forced transfer is going to be constructive dismissal. So if you refuse to do it and they terminate your employment, uh, you're going to be entitled to severance, Chris. That's just not a move that that you have to make, given what you've told me. And, I mean, never mind San Francisco. I mean, gosh, all the way down the west coast of the United States. I mean, even if it's from Kitchener to Toronto. I mean, if the guy's got his life there, family, kids, you know, uh, kids in school, daycare, so on and so forth, that's also too far, isn't it? 
Yeah, most likely that's going to be constructive dismissal also. It's going to depend on the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, you could have situations where a move from uh, Brampton to Toronto could be constructive dismissal, right? right? I mean, if, if you're going to, I mean, we don't have traffic now, but eventually we're going to have uh, the significant traffic again. And if that's going to affect your ability, for example, to care for your kids or, or to have a, a normal life, then that could be constructive dismissal. So it's not always just about the distance. It's about your uh, specific situation. Miriam writes in an email again. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. says, uh, hi, guys, and this one's pretty topical. It says, how long can an employer place you on a temporary layoff? Right, so that's a good question. And the answer is, for most people, is um, they can't, right? An em- employer who puts you on a temporary layoff, if you haven't agreed to it, they've actually terminated your employment permanently. And the longer you are out of work, the more severance uh, you're going to be entitled to. Now, under the Employment Standards Act, you'll see a lot of this. They can term- they can put you on a temporary layoff for 13 weeks without your benefits or 35 weeks with your benefits before it becomes a termination under the Employment Standards Act. But remember, Miriam, that just because it's not a termination under the Employment Standards Act does not mean that you don't have entitlements to severance. So if you've been put on a temporary layoff and you haven't explicitly agreed to temporary layoffs before they did that, you're going to be entitled to severance. And you don't want to start that ball rolling if you don't uh, like it the first time because then it's uh, then you're stuck with it, right? Well, it'll it'll certainly make it easier for an employer to put uh, to do it to you again if you don't speak up. Um, yeah. So you really want to make sure that uh, you're comfortable with with them doing that if you're not going to do anything about it. That's pretty much where we'll uh, leave it for the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Want to reach out to John uh, now? You can do so, 1-855-821-5900. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as we always tell you, first place you want to go, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Back here Wednesday night with another edition of the Employment Law Show. Do not move a muscle. Stay right there on point. Alex Pearson coming right back. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.